Welcome to the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast series. This series has been developed to assist you to master your health and well-being. Health is too hard when you try to go it alone, and we know that together we are healthier. Today on the show, we'll be discussing how to improve immunity through nutrition with Mel Bald. Mel has a Bachelor of Human Movement, postgrad in Sports Management, and a Bachelor in Nutritional Medicine, alongside years of experience working in public health and also working one-on-one with clients. Mel's business is The Passionate Nutritionist, where she develops programs for individuals and corporates to help them achieve better health. Mel Bald, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Simon. Firstly, Mel, can you give us a simple explanation of what we're talking about when we say immunity? Immunity refers to the immune system's way of protecting the body against an infectious disease. So it attacks the germs and keeps us healthy, essentially. It's made up of special organs like the spleen and cells like our white blood cells and chemicals that fight infection as well. So at the moment, Mel, there's so much floating around in terms of colds, flu, COVID, etc. Can you give us an overview of the best diet to eat to reduce our risk of catching these things? We know that to keep our immune system healthy, the best types of foods to focus on are whole unprocessed foods. So things like vegetables, meat, fish, chicken, eggs, nuts and seeds, basically anything that isn't, you know, in a packet with added sugars and fats and being highly processed. And you can certainly still have things like frozen veggies or tinned veggies that don't have any added sugars or salts. And these are really great options when produce is a bit more, you know, fresh produce is a bit more expensive at the moment. They're your best bet to stick to those whole unprocessed foods. So why are these types of foods best? It's because they give you the biggest range of vitamins and minerals and macronutrients that your body needs to help fight infections. As soon as you start adding things like extra fats and sugars and additives and preservatives that some of those processed foods have, it can start to change how the food actually affects us. And how do those things affect us? Firstly, we know from research that sugar is actually being shown to slow that action of our white blood cells. So those cells that are really important to help our immune system fight infections. They're kind of like the soldiers of our immune system that protect us. We want these guys to be working really well for us. So sugar's been shown to make them less reactive and that means that they're less effective at doing their job. Sugar can also negatively affect the bacteria in our gut as well. What do you mean by it affects the gut and what does this have to do with immunity? The mucus layer that coats the inside of our nose and our digestive system or our gut, you know, as as it's commonly known, is a barrier that fights or basically protects us from virus and bacteria. And this is known as our first line of defence. So it's that first thing that the viruses or bacteria come into contact with. And about 70% of our immune defence lies along this mucosal lining of our gut. And so we need to keep it in a really good condition. And the gut bacteria that we have living there, both the good and the bad bacteria, influence how our immune system reacts. So the gut is also responsible for digesting food and breaking it down into nutrients. And if this process isn't working properly, then it might also lead to a reduced absorption of nutrients as well. So is there a way we could improve the health of our gut 
to help our immune system? Yeah, there's heaps we can do for our gut. So, and they're doing more and more, you know, research on this as well, which is fantastic. So basically the foods we eat that help our gut and feed our gut bacteria, you know, things that we want to try and we want to use those foods and feed them up and have diet mainly of whole unprocessed things like I was talking about before. So your fruit, veggies, you know, your protein sources, your whole grains. And the other thing that our gut really likes is those prebiotic foods as well. They're really important. What on earth are prebiotics? I've, I've heard of them, but keen to find out what they actually are and what foods they're in. Yeah, so prebiotics are a type of fibre that our body can't digest. Instead, they're important to feed our good gut bacteria. So it sounds weird, you know, we basically, it's not really like we eat them for us, we eat them for our gut bacteria. And foods that are high in prebiotics include things like garlic, onion, leeks, asparagus, oats, apples and cocoa. They're all things that, you know, are really high in prebiotics and and feed those good bacteria that we have in the gut. Garlic is also good for the immune system, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And and interestingly, I guess garlic's also one of the prebiotics too. There's a compound in garlic which can boost the disease-fighting response of some of the types of white blood cells in the body when they encounter viruses. It's interesting because For this compound to be active, we need to make sure that the garlic's crushed or sliced prior to cooking and eating. If you have it raw, it will have higher amounts of the compound. So, you know, an example of what you could do there is have some homemade basil pesto that's got some garlic in it or some dips with garlic or dressings. Like all of those are really good ways to get that higher active compound in the garlic because you will have you know, crushed it or minced it or what have you. And grilling and roasting will retain most of the compound, but you also need to make sure that you're slicing or crushing it before you grill or roast it. If you microwave it, it partially destroys the beneficial components of the garlic. So either raw or grilling or roasting are your better options there. So is it true that chicken soup can cure a cold? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's certainly one of those things a lot of us reach for, isn't it? And there's no actual evidence around this, but there are a lot of bonuses to chicken soup that are that are beneficial, even though there's not you know specific evidence around it. When you think of chicken soup, it's an easy to digest food, which is really great when you're feeling run down and you don't want your digestive system doing a lot of work. And often you don't have a big appetite when you're sick as well. So, you know, it's a great thing to to have in that situation. It's also full of veggies. When you think about that, that helps you to get a really wide range of vitamins and minerals in one meal. And Also with the chicken, it it means that it's got a higher amount of protein, which is important for a pear as well. Soups also have a base of onion and garlic, which is great from that prebiotic perspective in terms of what I talked about before and how that affects your healthy gut bacteria. I guess from that sense, it might not cure a cold, but certainly should help, that's for sure. Okay. Now, I've heard of probiotics. Can you explain what role these have and what they are? 
So probiotics, you know, sounds really similar to prebiotic, but probiotics are quite different and you can get it in foods and also a lot of people have heard of probiotic supplements. And what they are is they contain live microorganisms which are helpful for our body. They can be found in foods like some yogurts, which lists that has live cultures or kimchi or kefir, which is kind of like a yogurt style drink. Uh, kombucha is another popular one that that people have quite a bit and miso and traditional sourdough bread also have probiotics in it as well. Yogurt is a pretty common thing most people would eat. Are some better than others in terms of probiotics? Yeah, they sure are. So what you want to do firstly is look for one without added sugar because when you're, you know, buying a yogurt a lot of them have added sugars. So non, I'm not talking about the sugar from the milk. It's more the added sugar. And we know that that can be detrimental to our immunity and our gut health. So that's the first thing to look for. And then in terms of the probiotics, you want to make sure that they list the types of bacteria in the yogurt. You might see something in the ingredients with like really long names like lactobacillus acidophilus or bifidobacteria. They're kind of the two common ones that you often see in yogurt. And then the other thing that you want to check for is do they list the amount of probiotics in the yogurt? For example, one billion per serve, it might say on on the label. This shows that they've actually done some sort of analysis on it. They haven't just, you know, randomly stuck some probiotics in there. They're actually interested in the effect of probiotics on the health. Some will just say live cultures, but they won't say which ones and how many. This isn't the primary focus of that food. So it's always good to go for one that's done a bit more with their research on the probiotics in the yogurt that they're making. Is there any foods we should avoid for the health of our gut and immune system? Yeah, there's plenty that we should avoid. So basically our helpful gut bacteria don't like processed or refined foods. So things like, you know, chips, pastries, lollies. They also don't like artificial sweeteners. And this is a little bit newer research. They're often found in things like zero sugar products like drinks or bars. What happens with these is they pass through us without being digested, but they still do come into contact with our gut bacteria. Sugar can also reduce the number of beneficial bacteria. That means that basically both sugar-sweetened or zero-sugar soft drinks have been shown to have harmful effect on gut bacteria because what they do is they lower the diversity, which basically just means we don't have as many of the different variety of species in the gut. And we really want to keep this variety in our gut. We want to have as many different of those good bacteria as possible, all different types in our gut. Both basically sugar and artificial sweeteners can have a, an effect on that. The other thing is too much alcohol can cause an imbalance in the gut bacteria. And basically what that means, that imbalance means that there's more bad guys than good guys. And so we want to be careful of that. And, and this is where that, you know, the different types of foods we're eating, it can set that balance you know it's always I guess about that balance of good and bad and we don't want to be feeding up all the bad guys because all of a sudden there's more of them than the good guys so if we're having too many of those processed foods that will happen as well. I always hear people say you should take zinc and vitamin C for a cold. Is there any truth in that? One of the roles of zinc is that it's required for the development and functioning of our immune cells. 
And there is some research to show that taking zinc in the first 24 hours of developing cold symptoms might decrease the duration of a cold by about a day. So it's not really much, but, you know, I mean, I guess everybody wants to get better quicker. So one day is better than nothing. It also seems that lozenges, so, you know, something that you're basically um, sucking in the mouth, it gets that direct contact with the throat, might be the most effective way to get this zinc as well. It doesn't mean that you should take zinc, though, to prevent a cold. It's only if you get one. And you need to be a little bit careful around this because sometimes when people think, oh, I'll just take extra because maybe that will protect, when you take, you know, supplements, it can imbalance other nutrients in the body. So it's only really once you get sick that you would take a bit of extra zinc potentially. Also, vitamin C is, is a bit similar to zinc in terms of it won't prevent you catching a cold but it might reduce the severity and duration. So basically shortening the time and making it not quite as severe, you won't get quite as sick. It's highly concentrated in immune cells, vitamin C, and it can also be quickly used up during an infection, which is why you just need to make sure you have a bit more when you get a cold. But if you're eating, you know, really whole foods diet, so, you know, lots of citrus fruits, berries, kiwi, red capsicum, broccoli, green leafy veggies, then you're going to be getting a lot of vitamin C anyway. So that's why, you know, that whole foods, you know, lots of lots of fresh veggies is really the best way to go because you'll be building up your natural body's defense system as well in the meantime. Do you have any other tips to help our immune health? Probably my other top things to prevent catching colds or just help keep your immune system healthy are are making sure you've got good sleep, hydration, so drinking plenty of water, exercise and stress management as well. So I guess the first one there, sleep is the way that our body repairs and ensures that all our cells are functioning well. So it's important to make sure you're getting regular good sleep. Also, if you do get sick, make sure you take time to rest. And this is what a lot of us have trouble doing, especially once you start feeling a bit better. It's really important just to still rest up because, you know, this rest is a way to sort of get better quicker, but also don't dive back into another cold. Drinking plenty of water also helps our immune system because it, it, you know, can just help every cell to operate better at its best capacity. Having something like, you know, warm herbal teas can be a nice way to get some extra fluids in over winter. If you're someone that doesn't really like water, sounds really weird, but there are quite a few people out there that don't actually like drinking water. So having some warm herbal teas can be a really nice way to get a bit of extra fluid in. In terms of exercise, moderate regular exercise has been shown to reduce your potential to catch infections. And what it does is it helps our immune cells to work a bit more effectively. So it's good to get moving every day and it might just be some walks or things like that. But as long as you're getting out and moving your body, that's really important. And then lastly, the point around stress is because what stress does is it raises our stress hormone cortisol. If that stays up for too long, so, you know, when you've got lots of stress going on, it could be work or emotional or what have you, what that does is it weakens the immune system and And then having ways to deal with this stress is really important. So that's different for everyone. It doesn't mean you have to go and meditate. It might just be 
you know, making sure you get out into the fresh air every day or reading your favourite book or something like that just to try and get that stress hormone down. If you're listening at home, please subscribe to the GMHBA podcast so we know you want more episodes like this on how to improve your health. Mel, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Simon. I hope that's been helpful for the listeners.